Thursday, September 9th, 2021, and we are the Bastards of the Universe. Welcome aboard the HPS Saturday morning. I'm your Captain Ty. At the helm, we got... Shady. Over in communications. Drew. Engineering. Besner. Maintenance. It's Wagner. And over in science. Cheddar's back. All right, and to start things off, how was uh, Dragon Con, JD and Jenner? Phenomenal. <laughs> Had a fantastic time aside from uh, fucking up my forearms uh, on uh, uh, you know coming back from a dance in the wee hours of Sunday morning. I was about to just dance with two arms. <laughs> Laugh at my pain. <laughs> I spent most of my time within the art show, but I had loads of fun. Very cool. Well, yeah, uh, we have a few friends in the art show, so shout out to the, uh, the uh, pop art track as well. Um, yeah, any uh, any interesting stories? Anything fun that happened that you feel like talking about in front of thousands of internet listeners? By thousands, I mean five, <laughs> six. Five. <laughs> um, overall, I think the the community came together fairly well as far as you know respecting people's space and wearing a mask and keeping clean. Good. I've heard a handful of of cases where people either showed up or contracted nasty things while there, but far less than was originally expected. So um, art show went great. Uh, All the artists were happy. We had a lot of brand new artists that had never been to Atlanta. Some had never been to Dragon Con. So it was, it was a good, like, you know, introductory year after last year got canceled and, uh, from what I hear, all the parties went good. I didn't go to any of them other than the one I had in my room. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed that. Sorry, I missed you. Actually, I didn't. I never made it uh, in the Hyatt uh, below the uh, uh, below the ballroom floor. I'm afraid. Gotcha. Made it to some neat panels. I uh, had uh, a, uh, a neat uh, thing on the 35th anniversary of Aliens, uh, where I ended up uh, picking up the uh, CD release of the Alien Isolation. Uh, audiobook uh, that I got uh, uh, for, uh, on the cheap from the author, uh, Keith uh, R.A. DeCandido, who, uh, who also signed it. Uh, so, no, not not bad for 15 bucks. That ended up being kind of my major con purchase, other than, you know, food and drinks. Nice. Right, well, uh, aside from that, made it, made it to a lot of fun dances, uh, just uh, generally uh, relatively low-key. I finally made it into a Shatner panel. Um, in person, as opposed to seeing it on, uh, you know, uh, DCTV or one of the uh, one of the overflow screens, uh, he remains an amusingly, uh, curmudgeonly uh, respondent to his questioners. Oh, that's fine. I mean, at this point in his life, he's not afraid to call out uh, people who ask him stupid questions. Uh, some uh, somebody got up to the front and said, "Did Captain Picard ever let you blow his flute?" <laughs> Uh, to which his response was, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and the guy kind of fumbled a little bit. I don't think he was expected to be quite so direct. Uh, and uh, so his response was, was, in the episode, I don't remember the episode, uh, I don't remember the episode, at which point Shatner said, see, even you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to be uh, that far into the nerd culture without getting a little bit of a, a, a good back and forth prepared before you deal with this stuff. 
Uh, he was on point. He, he's uh, he, uh, he uh, I understand that uh, a lot of people don't particularly like him personally. I'm given to understand uh, that as much as anything else, it's almost a defense mechanism for actually being almost painfully shy. So I uh, heard through the grapevine. At the same time, uh, the stories that he told were interesting and funny, and uh, his, uh, his his approach to, uh, to to his questioners was rather delightfully, you know, three turns past give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was a good time all over, aside from, you know, fucking up my forearms. That's fair. So what was uh, attendance like? Do we know the numbers? There or? was a cap of 45,000. We had just over 95. Uh, I don't know if it was hit. Uh, I haven't heard the actual number of Hindis. Uh, I do know it was significantly easier to get elevators and... Yeah, well, I'll put it this way. I got into a uh, Shatner panel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, was it still I over? was actually able to get into the vendor hall, got a new kilt and everything without being just completely surrounded by people constantly. So I found it more enjoyable. But there's also, you know, less than half the people that we had two years ago with the last full con. Was it still over and across the same number of hotels and locations? Did they cut back some of the locations as well? To my knowledge, it was the same number of locations, just less uh, people attending. Yeah, it, it was the full suite of, lo of, uh, of locations. Shout out, shout outs, incidentally, to the rather wonderful progress of the brass section of uh, the Georgia Philharmonic uh, in <laughs> One of the things that uh, that we love to go to every year is uh, the Georgia Philharmonic concert, which is uh, performances of, uh, of uh, famous music and themes from you know famous science fiction and sci-fi adjacent uh, pictures. Uh, and it's been interesting because this has been going on for about six cons, if not necessarily uh, six years now. Uh, and uh, they're they're basically a semi-professional orchestra, uh, but. Um, the, the, their progress has been uh, has been good, and this is the, the, this is the first time that I really didn't have any particular complaint about their brass section, which always tended to be a bit blatty. So they've definitely been practicing in the off season, so to speak. The, their strings, their string section, for what it's worth, has always been on point. But my God, they were good this time. Hmm. Well, uh, let's see here, uh, Jenner. Your experience being out in the wild, everyone seems to be. Uh socially distancing for the most part or uh there there were a few mask holes here and there uh but uh mostly they got clamped down real fast uh most people seemed to be taking uh safety and hygiene seriously i think i can only count uh granted of course i was i was through a mask myself almost the whole time i, I think i can only count five times that i even noticed con whiff for god's sake oh. <laughs> yeah well it sounds like it was a decent con. We'll see how things go in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm getting on toward one week, but yeah, well, one to two weeks. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure everything will be all right, in the words of Pliny the Elder, shortly before he perished in the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Uh -huh. well, I'm sure everything will be all right. And don't look up. Let's start things uh -huh. off with a Netflix trailer. Uh, the uh, premise on this being there is, uh, I believe, a meteorite coming straight for the Earth. and Comet. Uh, a oh, comet. Comet, pardon me. And, uh, well, this is the crew that has to break it to the world. I, I love the obviously you know, kind of gleefully dorky, you know, unhandsome, Leo DiCaprio of uh, of this trailer. Um, Indeed. It's as I've been saying for a while, DiCaprio has 
at some point without anybody really noticing morphed from a pretty boy into a leading man into a weapons grade character actor he's just been a weapons grade character actor mostly disguised as a leading man for a while now but uh no th this lo this looks like a lot of fun adam mckay uh in his satirical stuff has not let me down so, so far uh, i mean the big short was an unbelievably entertaining movie about an utterly ridiculous you know true to life economic apocalyptic situation um vice was good uh, i uh, i mean uh, christian bale's performance was pretty incredible most of the performances were pretty incredible the script was a little eh, but you know th this this looks like you know fun this looks like i, I mean granted it might be a bit late coming so far after you know uh, the uh, 1998 uh, uh, summer of deep of uh, of uh, deep impact and uh, armageddon no no the, the cycle turns over faster now so you can come back to the same subject again much more quickly that's fair well, alright. I also enjoyed the fact that some of the people they talked to tried to downplay the fact that a comet is going to hit the Earth. That's that's definitely the core of the satire there. I, mean, yeah. I, I kind of feel like the trailer was trying... What was it trying? Oh, I uh, disconnected. They saved that for, like, the very end. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, sorry, cut you off in the middle. Oh, okay. Uh, no, um, I was just saying uh, the trailer itself held back on the comet, uh, not not even discussing it till the end of the trailer. Yeah, well handled. I, know, I, I have to allow. I would have a fair measure of confidence in a uh, in a uh, you know a, a comet destroying team led by Ron Perlman. Yeah, I think the the major interest factor with this is going to be the time frame it covers because you could have the entire movie happening before the comet arrives you could have the entire movie spanning the hit of the comet or you could have most of the movie after the comet hits and those are all going to be very very different like levels of satire particular subjects and i'm not clear from the trailer which one this is going to cover so it's that's the only part of this that's going to be a bit of a surprise exactly what where we're going to go with this and how far we're going to follow it you know, it, it might be kind of a riot if it covered like a three-year period. Like they knew the comet was coming for three freaking years, and they, you know, you know, still, you know, kind of turned the wheels trying to not do anything about it. Exactly. I mean, given given how Vice and all of his other movies went, I'm willing to bet that the meteor's not going to hit towards the end. It's just going to be a build-up of just a shit show until an amazing payoff. I'd call that a fair possibility. I'm, I'm afraid it. I haven't seen Vice, so... <laughs> oh, Vice is a fantastic uh, credit sequence. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, unfortunately, they don't use Ocean Man, so, you know, it's only so good. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, being up in the sky, Injustice finally getting an animated feature. Uh, well, go ahead. What's, not, what's wrong with it? I don't have a lot of time for Injustice. I realized that they needed a framing story in order to make a beat-em-up movie with all um, beat em up uh, video game with all of the characters of the DC universe and they decided that Grimdark was the flavor of the moment so they could make Superman scary and Superman wouldn't be doing like submission holds on other characters but actually tearing out after things but I've heard the plot of Injustice and the, the Grimdark is strong with this and not in a fun way so I'm coming into this with a lot of preconceived notions that may be totally unfair. I'll let other people who have actually played the games and know the background uh, talk about it, too. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I think I mean the game. The games are pretty fun. I've I've played both of them, and they they fit for being, uh, you know, uh, Nether Realm games and and going there. I don't I I don't know how much I want to see a cartoon on it. Yeah, I've I've only read a few of the comics, mostly because I wanted to see super powered Alfred, you know, beat down someone. Um, like, you know, it, it, they can do good, uh, you know, adult cartoons and animation and stuff with. You know they proved that with Harley Quinn, um, but I, I I don't know. It's an injustice cartoon, and also like I wasn't super thrilled with how uh, Killing Joke went. Yeah, no. I mean, they they can do adult. They showed they can do adult serial really well with Harley Quinn, but that was funny. This is exactly. about as far from funny as it's gonna get. <laughs> Yeah, keep it light, keep it lively. I'm a, I, I'm one to, I, I'm gonna, I can forgive a lot of Elseworld stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Injustice, I, I concur. It was one of those. We need a dark plot to explain Nether Realm holding DC because that's why. Why else would they fight uh, aside from the like if Batman did the Brother Eye or something? They, they, they could have gone other directions with it, sure, but. The easiest one is the is the path of least resistance. Superman loses his mind because Lois Lane is killed. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, and I don't blame them either. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, this is basically enshrining the fridging of Lois Lane, and we're not supposed to like that any. Which is a, which is valid. Uh, I mean, I I would I personally feel like. You throwing the Justice Lords in this would have been a much wiser direction so you can have an evil Superman, mm-hmm. and then you could play with the alternate skins and the fun voice acting and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, give me a damn crime syndicate game. Well, they're doing the... They're doing a mind control story with, um, with Superman in the um, Suicide Squad game, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're doing a Brainiac uh, mind-controlling Superman. So I mean, you, that it's right there. You could have gone that direction, but no, they decided to actually violate the core of the character. I don't. I, I don't think I could put into words how much a uh, for the man who has everything fighting game would be, would go over well. <laughs> Those are some fun ass games. <laughs> yeah. Press A to hold your son that doesn't exist. <laughs> Wait, oh, I got heavy rain. From, I got that from the anime memory, but okay. <laughs> well, my, mine was from uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, th- this is just another one of DC's animated features, which are somehow better than their movies sometimes. Uh, they can be hit and miss, but they're usually entertaining. Uh, I found the last couple of them had you know a, a sort of weird slackness to them. Uh, it's a little hard to describe. It's like they it, it, they 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 keep they used to come out at seventy five minutes and they were fine. And now they're coming out at 90 minutes, and they feel like they should be 75 minutes. Which um, ones are you talking about? Uh, just a couple of the most recent ones, uh, like uh, the... Uh, I haven't seen The Long Halloween Part 2 uh, yet, but Part 1 definitely had that feeling, as did, unfortunately, the the uh, the Justice Society World War II uh, movie, which had some wonderful stuff in it. It just didn't feel like it had a pulse. Hmm. I... Uh, I, I will say that um, I very much enjoyed Superman Man of Tomorrow. That that one came in swinging with a message and it hit. That one I haven't got to yet. Uh, I, I, I missed that one between uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War which, you know, that that one tore it up. Uh, yeah. That, 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 partic- 
that particular range of uh, of the DC animated u- movies absolutely went out with a bang. Yeah. I I actually really liked that one as well, not in the least because it starred Don Constantine. So I mean, yeah, you you and Jane have that particular stand in common. Mm-hmm. Also makes King Shark slash Constantine canon. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that that ship has in fact sailed. Yeah, well, honestly, that kind of fucking makes sense once I've found out that King Shark is actually supposed to be the progeny of a shark god, which ties it in pretty tightly with the magic realm, so of course Constantine would have. Then he has two peni. Anyway, uh, just give me Ron Funches as King Shark in Injustice 3. All will be forgiven. (laughs) I mean, you could do the sliced alone one. He was fun. Ron Funches, I, I feel, would pull it off much better in a fighting game. That's the Funches you would invite into your home. Yeah. You know, that's that. Or sorry, not the Funches. The uh, the King Shark you would invite into your home. You would always invite Ron Funches into your home. Uh, you know, that that's the King Shark you would actually want to hang out with. So I would love to keep the comics train rolling, but uh, that that would go into video game territory. And let's face it, the, uh, the next Warner Brothers movie coming out is one that everyone said there's no way they're going to crank that out by the end of the year. And here we are, Doogie Hauser meets uh, Ted. Well, of course, it's, The Matrix was stolen from a comic book series, so you could say following the comics. Everything is invisible to me to that point. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm largely kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued, but I'm weary of this. That's yeah. a fair answer. I don't think I could have put it better. Uh, you were going to say something, Esther? Oh, I was going to ask if this is the first time we've heard that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in this movie, because that kind of surprised me. It was announced a while back, uh, but I, I don't think... I, I, I didn't believe uh, until until now. Um, I, I feel like this is... One more time, Drew. Oh. oh sorry, Drew. Try again. Sorry. I, um... Uh, of all the movies that that have you know come out with a much later sequel, decades later, Necroboot. Uh, I'm. Is it still coming through? Necroboot yeah. or Necroquel. Uh, those are those are the terms I keep waffling back and forth with for uh, for that sort of thing. Yeah, it, it, I'm willing to give the Matrix of all things a reboot for you know meta jokes. It works for it. It works. But it definitely seems like a movie I've seen, which I can appreciate that if it's, it's going to be The Matrix. I I am unbelievably enthusiastic about this. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see this. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've always thought that that was a franchise that needed revisiting, especially given the way that they left it. Um, I, I, I think this trailer is pretty incredible. I love the way that the color palette has... It, it, it has it, it has lots of uh, of sort of deep blue into it, uh, as sort of an indication of the oppression of the system, you know, the, the the blue pill and all that. But also Neil Patrick Harris's glasses and sort of the, just the general lighting of the thing. I, I think it looks aesthetically fascinating. Uh, it's it's a hell of a trailer. I love that remix of uh, of uh, Go Ask Alice. I can't wait to see this. So yeah, yeah. So, I'm definitely I'm definitely excited for it. Um, especially like you said with the with the way that the property was was left um, with so much potential. Just I mean, if you just look at the Animatrix, like yeah, so yeah, much I, to do. yeah exactly. I, 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 I would have been, been much 
happier if this was a sequel to Animatrix. Hmm. But that's I, I, I've been I've been saying for ages that the that the original Matrix trilogy needed another movie, which uh, I always referred to as either the Matrix deleted or the Matrix undo. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, now it's I, the uh, Matrix hard reboot. Also works as it turns Matrix out. I'm rather I I'm exceedingly I, I I am exceedingly glad that they didn't call it that. Uh, it would have been much too on the nose, but uh, but you know I I, I am I, I was excited about this before I saw this trailer. This trailer has made me a lot more excited. So with the lack of Morpheus, um, are they following the Matrix online uh, and keeping him dead? That's what I'm wondering as well. I think so, uh, because of course the uh, uh, the Wachowskis kind of had a very deep hand in the ancillary properties as well. So this is another one of those things that uh, lends itself to the question of how canon is you know X, Y, or Z side property. I'll be interested to see because he went out in just the saddest way. So I heard. My impression is that whole game was just sad as fuck anyway. Yeah, it it only had 500 uh, online users, uh, concurrent users. By the end of it, it was, it was kind of a miserable failure. And then, of course, they did the uh, the, the sort of uh, I, I guess uh, game that rewrote the ending. I forget what that thing was called. Um, yeah, no, even so, th that th this is uh, this this is a franchise that needed uh, it needed a second act, uh, so to speak. It uh, it needed it needed it needed, uh, it needed a comeback. Well, so in general, in the past, when I've heard redemption about the Matrix, redemption is what it needed. That's you were saying, right. you were saying, JD. Yeah, yeah, most people that I have heard talk about the original trilogy. They said the first one was great. Everything after that was trash to some extent. I've enjoyed all of them to some extent, but there did seem to be a a decline in in quality as the trilogy went on. Uh, what's y'all's experience with that? I I would agree um, with that. I I generally give material like this as many chances as it needs. But I got to be honest. When when JD said I'm weary of this, that that's the camp I'm in. You would have a hell of a time selling me on another anything having to do with um, unless you were selling me on something that was just bargain basement garbage, and then I'd be there to see. But I, like, I never caught fire with like so many other so much of the rest did, and the rest of it just sort of carried me down and I was not looking the end, time I got to the end of it and I I really I, I hear what other people have to say about this but uh, I don't see myself catching this one yeah I mean I've been disappointed before uh, that being said I, I've liked uh, most of uh, of Wachowski's work uh you know, since the uh, well, okay, actually, I didn't particularly care for Speed Racer. I know Ty loved it. Uh, oh, it, it, it. It had some amazing stuff, mostly right near the end. But it, it's particularly with the comic relief, it suffered a bit of a muchness. I adored Cloud Atlas. I actually thought it was the best movie of 2012. Uh, but I realize that's very much a minority opinion. But I also uh, uh, adored uh, Sensate, uh, the uh, uh, series that the uh, that uh, the Wachowskis did for um, uh, Netflix, uh, with, along with uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Um, did I did I catch it correctly that we're back with only one of the Wachowskis? Ah, uh, yep, just Lana. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was interested in that as well. That only one of them came back. 
Not sure exactly what the story is there. Uh, okay. I know I, I know Lana pretty much took over the lead on Sensei when they were still doing that. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'm hoping there wasn't a falling out there particularly, but uh, uh, I don't know. So that I kind of I, I kind of disrupted JD's question. What's other people's experience with the uh, the trilogy as it was? I saw the first Matrix in the theater 19 times. I was one of those cool. kids. I really really dug it. But the sequels, I have seen once each, except for the highway chase scene in uh, Matrix 2. That highway chase scene, that 10 minutes is really, really good. Um, but other than that, I can barely remember the second and third Matrix movies. I liked Animatrix. I didn't love it, but I did like it a lot. Um, I think I'm ready for a new one. I think I'm ready. Uh, I think it's been long enough that I am ready to revisit The Matrix because I haven't watched that first one since I saw it 19 times in the freaking theater. And it's kind of like just eating something too much. You get sick of it. Uh, it it's sure. like, good. Oh, I was going to say, it's like how I can't watch Monty Python of the Holy Grail or The Princess Bride. They're still in moratorium. Uh, I did love the first Matrix. I didn't see it 19 times. I don't think I've seen it 19 times a day, despite having it in at least three video formats, uh, plus having seen it at least three times in the theater. Uh, I actually really liked Rebooted. Uh, I mean, even including the, uh, or sorry, uh, Reloaded, uh, even up to the, uh, uh, the cliffhanger, which I actually thought was a really neat cliffhanger. Revolutions let a lot of stuff down. I did not dislike it as much as a lot of people, but it did sort of retroactively uh, damage the legacy of its immediate predecessor. And also, when it's like I said at the time, when what exactly it was that happened at the end of your you know big you know hundreds of millions of dollars action science fiction franchise quote takes some getting end quote you kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. How do I put this oh, gently? I gave up after we won't the second. Know until it, oh, go ahead. I gave up after the second. Mm -hmm. I liked Animatrix well enough, although I, I felt it was a little head up its own ass a bit with That was actually kinda of, that was kinda of my reaction to Animatrix, aside from the final flight of the Osiris. Uh Animatrix kinda of didn't sing to me a whole lot. Visually it was great. it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, I love the fact that it semi uh, legitimized Peter Chump. What are you gonna do? I'm fine with that. Like I said, visually great. I mean, love the animation throughout. The first movie, I, I acknowledge it as a cultural phenomenon and bringing the cyberpunk uh, fandom back into the 2000s was neat. Um, two was weird, and I just kind of and I I say this as someone who tried to read planetary every direction to understand all of the various plot intricacies. <laughs> and then when 3 came along and all I heard about it was, this is proof that we could do a Dragon Ball Z movie, I was done. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> That's, fair. That's I, fair. I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, I think I think they're onto something there. Uh, oh, wow. no, so, it, it's so, like I said, I think 2 was just fine. It's just 2 and 3 are thought of as so much a single unit that three damages two retroactively. It's negative entertainment, like uh, Highlander 2. It actually damages the other things it's attached to without directly affecting them. That oh. might be a little excessive, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I liked Highlander 2. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Well, so, 
and 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 obviously we won't know until it comes out but i'm very curious whether this is going to tie up some loose ends answer some questions that fans have or is this just a cash grab because they know that enough people will watch it to make money well that's absolutely something i'm wondering about as well adhering as i do uh, thoroughly and without question to the fan theory that uh, Zion and uh, all of the people who supposedly escaped from the Matrix are still in the fucking Matrix. Yeah. It's just a Matrix for people who are discontented with the Matrix. Yeah, that there's, there's a problem there um, because we live in a world of people who believe it's a simulation are discontent with the simulation. So they gave, so they gave them a dystopian or post-apocalyptic simulation to escape into. Yeah, no. So like then it. they felt they were making a difference. Yep. Oh god. Here's Reiterate, reiterating, Neo can explode robots in quote the real world end quote with his mind. Uh-huh. Here's the saving grace for this one. I have a, a subscription to HBO Max. As, as do I. So Better when it comes out on there on opening day, I don't have to worry about seeing it in the theater. I can just <laughs> pop it on, good to go. It, yeah. If it blows my mind, I'll go see it in the theater. I mean, it was the the original is definitely a, a cinematic experience. Like I, True. I remember that coming out around like. Uh, was it? I think it was Christmas of '99. Uh, it, I think it was a little earlier in the year. It was. Uh, it wasn't '99. I want to say it was uh, April. I think it was April. It was like early, uh, like immediately pre-summer blockbuster season. But yeah, no, I, I went into that one actually having a general idea of what was the deal with the movie, and I was still surprised when they tipped that hat. Uh, Matrix was March 31st, 1999. Wow, I really remembered that wrong. It stayed in the theater for a long time. Possibly you just got le- got to it late, kid. There is a chance, because I only would have been, like, just turning 13. <laughs> Shade. Yep, yep. That's probably why I didn't see it until almost Thanksgiving or Christmas of that year. <laughs> you had to wait for it on video. No, we definitely no. We saw it and we saw it in theaters, but that was a wild like that was a cool experience. Like I left that and I was like, "This is awesome," and I definitely watched The Matrix multiple times after that. But then I saw the second one and was like, "Oh, okay." And then I saw the third one like in college. I finally like watched it one afternoon and was like, "Well, I finished." Yeah. Here's a fun uh, side story from the theater life. I would get excited seeing the uh, bullet time moment because I thought it was the Blade trailer. <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's the Blade trailer. Oh, it's this Matrix movie again. Ah, oh, well, Blade's going to be around for forever. It's going to get three movies at least and a spinoff series. I know it. And I was right. Yes, you were. As well, I I it disappear. <laughs> as well as a reboot sometime in the 20s. We shall see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They they said the greatest thing all comic book fans want to hear. We will not be beholden to the comics. Nice. Aww. Yeah. We want a werewolf by night movie that has no connection to the comics. Um, I, I could see an interesting story coming out of a connection to some of the comics. What if he really had lycanthropy? Not, that, not werewolfism. What? He just thinks he's a wolf. What if we make it a deep political? Drama? Not to spoiler to 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 avoid. I'm not going to spoil. It was actually a really recent movie that uh, played on that, but um, no one go there. Mm-hmm. The president's a werewolf. Su- suffice it to say, and, and and 
no, no direct hat tips. There is a film that we have spoken about the trailer of on this uh, program, I believe in the last year, that is actually a stealth adaptation of a, a uh, it's sort of a cult piece amongst, uh, amongst uh, uh, old school horror uh, fiction readers. I forget the author, but the story was called Taboo, which was, uh, as far as anyone's aware, the first psychological werewolf movie, or a uh, sorry, story uh, anyone ever wrote. And it did get kind of a, a stealth adaptation uh, not so long ago. Look, I'm just saying Howl to the Chief would be a fantastic feature. I'm trying to find a way to get that into Hollywood. and we'll, we'll Hey, where, Werewolf of Washington was underrated. Dean Stockwell is the man. Well, yeah. Speaking of totems, let's hop over to the video game world. Uh, had a whole bunch of trailers <laughs> drop. You guys laugh. That, that's a comic connection. Um, well, well, I would love to cover them all. We're already pushing for time. But, hey, Insomniac Spider-Man 2 had a uh, trailer drop. Boy, howdy. Yeah, yeah so nice. that, that's got to be Craven talking, right? I got a theory. Ty, Ty and I both talked about it, too, and I was kind of leaning towards Craven, but Ty had a pretty fucking interesting take. Who's that? I think that's Moreland. Or Morloon. I don't think I know who that is. That would be the uh, guy from the family from Earth 000. The ones who captured the Master Weaver and they are seeking out all the spider totems to devour. Oh god, the spider totem stick. Yeah, look, the the, the spider verse is hot. Okay. Not to mention, we got, we got yeah, Peter and Miles here and out of the blue we're getting Venom. Uh, and if you played till the end of uh, the first Spider-Man, you know who Venom is, so... I don't know if we know who Venom, if Venom stays who it was teased as, though. Fair. I, I think it for me because I did play to the end of the game, but I don't remember. I, I haven't played it, but you can spoil spoil it for me. I'm, I'm not going to play it anytime soon. Show of hands. All right, go for it. Spoiler incoming. It's Harry Osborn. Good heavens. Oh, oh. That, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why he's, like, absent the whole game, and he's supposed to be studying or broad or whatever, but... He's in like a research tank with the the symbiote trying to delay his cancer or whatever illness he has. Uh, okay, that does make sense. I don't remember that tease. I wonder if I missed something at the very end of the game. I think it was an after credits thing. Yeah, uh, after a very long credit. Uh, but given that, given that Venom might be the nemesis in this game, and I use that term as well resident as I can. Um, I'm I'm more than willing to say it's probably Craven as the villain. Oh yep. yeah. Despite what Sony thinks, Craven doesn't impress anybody. This... We we absolutely will be playing as Venom in this game. Oh goodness. <laughs> now yeah. the question is, is it Venom or Black Suit Spider Man? We can run at Venom. Okay. We'll... We will probably get Black Suit Spider Man. Yeah. But I bet there will be at least a Venom mission. Now, will we get a Spider Gwen? That's there. Therein lies the question. That would be us. That would be fun. Or maybe they'll just jump to Gwenum. Oh, mm. like this whole time it's actually Gwen inside the suit. They pull a uh, a tinkerer on us, like they did with uh, Miles Morales. Ooh, that was that was a good. Yeah. Who did? Who drew? Who do you expect to be the villain? Fucking not the tinker. Nope. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Insomniac also uh, gave us this little teaser as well. Uh, a fun game called Who's the Last Person You Want to Get in a Bar Fight With? Um, I, <laughs> I said Billy Jack, but apparently they, they, they were like, how old are you? 
<laughs> oh, a Billy, a Billy Jack game would be awesome. Credit where credit is due. You know, Mister Peace Billy. through violence could fuck some motherfuckers up. Who'd just be? who just be Bayou Billy? Anyhow, <laughs> no, they don't wow. tell us when this is coming out, but Insomniac is also making a Wolverine game. And uh, well, how do I put this? Uh, the Wolverine Origins uh, video game was perhaps the best thing to come out of Wolver- uh, Wolverine Origins when that came out. It was ab- it was absolutely the best thing named Wolverine Origins. I can tell you that for certain. Still yeah. qualifies as damning it with faint praise, guys. It was actually a good game. It was a That's very better. good game. He force-fed uh, a dude to a helicopter blade in the opening of the game. Yeah. He got the, to fight a sentinel by fighting its feet until it fell over and then fighting the rest of it. There was one really impressive thing. There was no, like, health gauge. You just had to notice how fucked up your body was. Because you could <laughs> almost see through yourself before you died. It was very cool. It, it was one of those cases where this seems like a good idea, but how come my grill doesn't look like that? <laughs> Wolverine yeah. Origins, the movie that proved to everyone why, yes, we have no idea what we're doing with this stuff. Just check out our Deadpool. <laughs> so, what would you want to see in a Wolverine game? So, I, I feel like you're probably going to take the the same route as 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 Spider-Man, it's going to be that same kind of beat-em-up. Um, I feel like they would play smart to do some stealth missions with his backstory with some flashbacks would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even even Wolverine all through time would be dope, even if it's a small yeah. game. Um, I'm more excited for them to move to an X-3 game that is stealthy and uh, a lot of fun, fun espionage stuff. Yeah, I was I was looking at this and I'm like I'm not quite sure what I actually want to see in a Wolverine game because uh, obviously most famous attached to the X Men, but you don't want Wolverine on a team. He's most fun playing as the lone wolf. But what storylines would you follow in that case? You don't want his origin story because that's been done to death multiple times. Each one erasing the one beforehand. Um, do you want him in Japan? Do you want him up in the north before Alpha Flight or Al- after Alpha Flight? When would you want to see him? I don't know. How do I put th- a I'm Hulk thinking- fight boss scene? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking it's a stealth a-, a stealth adaptation of the Gray. Mm. Well, they did. Uh, <laughs> you know, for for you know Wolverine: The Long Night, the podcast. That story was just Wolverine trying to lay low. Hmm. And it was really fucking good because he's in a town that's at the center of like all these killings, and he gets involved. Wolverine okay. the detective. That could be kind of cool. Oh yeah, they, Marvel wanted that serial money, and they made some good ass Wolverine podcasts. True that. I I myself uh, would like Wolverine Snake Eater meets Last of Us. That would work. Yeah. I don't know. I, the thing is, you want to get The Last of Us without going too far in The Last of Us, or else you'll just get Logan. Right. Yeah. 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 And I would, I would much rather have the good coaching of of Laura Kinney rather than full on. Well, Logan's dead. She's got to step up. Yeah. Uh, all Honey Badger all the time. Oh God. <laughs> if we can get, if we can get to Honey Badger. 
be great. Okay, I'm going to admit my, my ignorance. I know Honey Badger is, in fact, a character. I don't know where she comes from. Where does Honey Badger come from? Honey Badger is, she's one of Laura's clones. Uh, oh. And she's a child. She's like, she hasn't grown up. Uh, Laura re- saves her and like three of her clone sisters in the all new Wolverine run. She also has a actual Wolverine named Jonathan. <laughs> that's <laughs> a weirdly that's a uh, that's a weirdly wonderful name for a Wolverine. It's um, it's pretty great. The the all new Wolverine has a omnibus collection that's going on sale this year. Um, it's a great series. I have a, the full 35 issue run of it. I, and, I, and I take it um, Honey Badger just don't give a shit, yeah? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if anything, the, 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 um, the sisters of the very first arc of that uh, series is very, very good. It's very uh, orphan black, too. Cool. Mm. Well, it uh, sounds like we're in for some good stuff. Uh, they they just gave us the tease for Wolverine. We don't know if it's coming out before Spider-Man 2 or after. I, I feel like it's going to be a... I, I'm getting a vibe that it might be a before. I'm just hoping it's not as short as Miles Morales. Yeah, so I mean, Spider-Man is going to be 2023, so I doubt Wolverine's going to be before it. That's a bummer. Well, we are going to get uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so we're going to get a Marvel game. But yeah. yeah, and it seems like the Marvel's Marvel's Avengers is leaning pretty hard towards uh, Wanda and Doctor Strange for the next expansions. Rare. Mm. Well, on that note, uh, we've been going for minutes. So we're going to go ahead and take our cigarette break, and uh, we're going to continue September with our month of life. Who's next? More bastardization after this. That's right, everybody. Fall in. It's time for Warbound Radio coming at you with the information blast and knock you on your ass. Tune in at soundcloud.com slash warboundradio. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? Some chilling, eerie tale that shook you to the core and you could never fully explain? Do you just like spooky stories? Creepy tales of real-life paranormal experiences that happen to everyday people? and come slide into the in-between on that Spooky Life podcast. Hosted by sassy, classy, southern fried witch, Miranda. That's me. We talk about personal experiences and share paranormal tales from listeners like you as we discuss the spookier side of life. Complete with humor, witchy tips, advice, and a fair share of what not to do's. That Spooky Life posts new episodes every Friday on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Casts, or your favorite podcast platform. We can't wait to hear your paranormal stories. And until next episode, don't forget to keep living that spooky life. Turns out they're more closely related to uh, cacti than, uh, you know, the earth primates, but... Deep in the forgotten corners of our galaxy... A mighty space hulk blazes through the stars. Its crew, a motley gang of misfits who are just out for a good time. He's sparking for fuck's sake. They have harnessed the mysterious fuel called nostalgia. And we're off, alright. By remembering the cartoons of their youth. Now, standing in their way, the evil Emperor Zorbak. Who just wants to shut this crew down? 
and conquer every planet along the way. Thankfully, their ship holds a weapon with enough firepower to restore the balance. Yes, you neglected the automated space cannon. They are the bastards of the universe. I think you know damn well who we are. Thursdays at 8.30, let's cast this pod. Only on Twitch. And we're back. And, uh, well, let's just go straight into September with our... With everyone's favorite dirty pair, the lovely angels. Mmm. Yay! One of the many, many beautiful women that graced the uh, comics and anime walls of many a fan. Kay or Kai and Yuri, I, uh, I've gotten all the definitions. Um, my, my introduction to them was actually through an Adam Warren comic. Of all things. Well, that's not that surprising because uh, Kai and Yuri actually didn't have a manga series in Japan. They started as a series of novels, went straight to animation, came across the pond to the U.S., and then Adam Warren started making comics of them. There you go. So uh, this was actually Wagner's pick. Uh, Wagner, take it away. All right. So this, this comes with a bit of a story to it. Back in, I think it was sophomore year of high school, I got in an argument with a friend of mine on comparing the virtues of American versus Japanese animation. And uh, I hadn't seen a lot of Japanese animation other than Robotech and the things that were readily available to us as kids at that time. And I was, you know, crowing about the virtues of Secret of Nim and classic Disney animation and things like that. And he sent me home with four tapes. Yes, of course, this was in the era of VHS tapes. Those four tapes were Dirty Pair Project Eden, Urusai Yatsura Movie 2 Beautiful Dreamer, and the first two tapes of Bubblegum Crisis. Anyone who knows these titles knows that I lost that argument. Yeah. And as it happens, Dirty Pair Project Eden was the first of the four tapes I watched. Now, it helps to understand that I basically grew up on James Bond. Oh, yeah. My family had video discs of the entire James Bond um, lineup through Octopussy, um, all the way from Dr. No to Octopussy. And there was a period of time where I would watch those one a day throughout a summer vacation. And more than anything else, Kai and Yuri in Project Eden resembles a James Bond film. I know it takes place in outer space. I know it takes place with ridiculous scientific ideas, much like Moonraker. <laughs> but at the same time, the pure style and class on display here is unexcelled pretty much anywhere else in 80s anime. The only other place you might be able to find it would be in Crusher Joe, which, incidentally, is the first appearance of the Dirty Pair, if I, if I have my uh, legacy information correctly, where they appeared in a movie in the Crusher Joe movie. Correct. Yes. So, for those of you who don't know, um, Kai and Yuri are the Dirty Pair. They are not actually supposed to be called the Dirty Pair. They are secret agents of the 3WA, the World Welfare Work Association, which, sorry, World's Welfare Work Association, 
which is a group of spies that are kind of troubleshooters for planets having problems. And their technical name is the Lovely Angels. But every time they go on a mission, it all ends up going catastrophically shit. And it's not because they have any incompetence whatsoever. They're actually startlingly competent. Just usually something at the very last moment goes horribly, horribly wrong and brings the entire mission to a close. Strangely enough, we had a similar situation with the Galactic Armada Reserve. They actually gave us a code name beyond Bastards of the Universe. Uh-oh, what should we ask? Should we ask what it is? Uh, the Stinky Pickles. I, I was not a fan <laughs> of that. <laughs> Oh my God! So I don't, I don't like that name. And they, they, they said it was like an Earth term, and I told them no, that's not. And well, they, there's yeah. a lot of arguments back I, with I, that. I think I'd be more comfortable with something uh, more along the lines of, "Oh God, these fucking guys again." <laughs> yeah. What a bunch of assholes, to quote uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so, Dirty Pair itself has a weird genesis in that it, according to somewhat apocryphal legend. Uh, the characters of Kai and Yuri came out of a pair of Japanese professional wrestlers named the Love. Rewatched this movie the other night uh, with my wife, and there was a lot of eye rolling when they showed up in their official uh, 3WA work uniforms. Just a little etchy. Just a little. But um, the, from that came a series of novels, and Kai and Yuri are kind of unique in that they are grossly inconsistent from iteration to iteration. For example, in uh, Dirty Pair Project Eden, you never really get the sense that the two of them are fairly strongly psychic and uh, have have basically prognostication abilities, ability to see the future at various points. This shows up in some of the other iterations, but not in this one. Um, you also yeah, get no, no, I, totally no, I totally never got that. Yeah, you also don't get so much of uh, Mugi in this particular iteration, who is their sidekick, the weird cat bear who flies their uh, their jet. It's sort of a panther with two extended antenna that looks for all like a displacer beast, for those of you with D&D background. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Never, I, I, I never got that before, but yeah, no, I, I can see it. But, but Mugi's a good boy. Mugi's appearance in this is basically limited to pushing one button in order to ride to the rescue at a very key point, very key moment in the film. Um, this also is not the version of Dirty Pair Project Eden that I originally saw, that was originally lent to me. The version that was lent to me was very distinctly a fan dub of the era, which <laughs> in certain points became particularly incomprehensible. Um, I actually have a love of the crap I can't understand, so the fact that I found the plot difficult to follow was actually appealing to me. Uh, um, this, this wasn't that parody dub that... Uh, oh, no, this was not Pineapple Salad. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say. I mean, that's definitely worth hunting down if you know somebody with uh, uh, a lot of uh, ancient VHS bootlegs as well, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, this this was a legit attempt to fan dub it, but by people with either not a super grasp of Japanese or a super grasp of English, 
which lent some of the supposed scientific motivation behind most of the plot completely incomprehensible. You know, it it was probably one of the Hawaiian TV dubs. It may have been. So I'm very, very curious what everyone else's encounters or experiences with uh, Kai and Yuri might be. Well, let's start with the youngest. JD, what are your thoughts? They're pretty. I did not have previous experience with any of this. Um, I watched most of it. I, I wasn't tracking the actual story or, or text much. Um, but I mean, it, it looks nice. Like overall, not just, you know, the pretty scantily clad women, but uh, just overall, it looks well done. Well, that, that's what they were known for. These features were where the budget went. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, which one would you prefer, JD? The redhead. There you go. Hi. <laughs> Drew, how about you? I, I know you come from old Taku stock. Yeah, I, um, so my first exposure to Dirty Pair was Dirty Pair Flash. Um, that, that Issa, Issa lent me. Um, but, so this was the first time ever watching Dirty Pair, uh, Project Eden. Um, I loved it. Like, it's all the great hits of, of, uh, 80s anime and animation at the time. And, like, the, oh, God, the just horrible gurgling monster sounds and, uh, the, the electronic and computer sounds that, that were, like, also pulled into the real Ghostbusters for the PKE meters and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. A ring world. Like I, I was hooked. I was hooked from the get go. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Now I want you to, I want you to very carefully imagine if this was the first anime you ever saw. I would have it, set the bar so high because, like you said, it's very, very careful in how it does. The storytelling and the comedy, everything. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it, it very much like a, like you said. <laughs> it's very classy. It is a very well done story. Um, and I also uh, I I noticed that I, I can't remember if the character had a name, but he's at the beginning wearing a red shirt, white pants, and suspenders. He straight up is dressed like Reynolds from Firefly. <laughs> Joss Whedon, stop fucking pulling all your shit from anime. Yeah, no fucking joke. Oh wait, wait, which uh, which of the dirty pair do you prefer, Drew? It's decidedly Yuri. I wasn't smart enough to t- say boat like you were. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Besner, how about you? I overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I love this animation style. It's so it's so smooth. It's it's just really cool and interesting. Unfortunately, I made a, a grave error in my assessment of what would what content would be in it because I watched this with Amelia, my daughter, who is nine, and uh, yeah, that led to some less eye rolling and more like really uncomfortable situations uh with some of the material the when uh, <laughs> uh this this was awful when uh when carson uh is lands on kai and is holding her chest amelia said that part was offensive to me Ooh. and 
it broke my freaking heart. <laughs> oh, oh. It was it was a it was a bad situation. And so I feel like IMDB uh, failed me in this case, where I don't think I would have watched this with a nine-year-old. I, I don't think she was old enough to see this. Um, That's fair. But they didn't say how, what kind of stuff would be on it. Um, but overall, I really liked uh, it. had some amazing rotoscoping in it. Um, I didn't expect it to be almost a musical with as many uh, songs as show up. Uh, my favorite being uh, the Watsman song that kept coming <laughs> back. God, I love that. Every every major villain should have a song like that. He's a he's a badass. Everybody's like, well, he's got great music, but I don't know if he's a badass. <laughs> Uh, speaking to the music in particular, I don't think the connection to James Bond movies could be any stronger than in that credit sequence, which looks like it was taken from one of the old James Bond sequences. Yeah, no joke. Uh, Besner, who's your uh, your uh, lovely angel? Kai. Ah, yes. Jenner. Without question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um... I still have the, I think, original streamlined VHS, not the Orion reissue, although I might be mistaken around uh, about that around here somewhere. Uh, I was aware of the Dirty Pair going... Uh, my first awareness of the Dirty Pair was uh, was from Adam Warren's comics. I didn't realize that they weren't just you know translated manga uh, at the time. I, I wasn't really into comics. I mostly uh, went to the comic shop for other stuff that comic shops pervade around that period. But I think I first remember encountering them in the old uh, Oxford Comics in Atlanta when it was downstairs mm-hmm. from Oxford 2 Books. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, around that period. And I noticed at one point that they had a, a couple of the movies over there as well. But uh, back at that point, I wasn't hardcore enough to watch unsubtitled uh, anime. Uh, and that's what those were. But eventually it got the dubbed releases uh, through Streamline. Uh, I, I mean, I came on board with anime basically as long as I can remember. I came on board with the original run of Star Blazers. So I, I, I was there. I knew the score. I still called it Jap- uh, Japanimation uh, up until probably always after Robotech. Uh, I think it was Akira that disabused me of that in particular. Uh, but now when I finally encountered the Dirty Pair, it was the three VHS releases that, that uh, Streamline put out. What was the first Project on Alandia or Project Alandia or whatever the heck it was. Basically, the, the two releases that were released around Project Eden were the original two OAVs that were released prior to Project Eden but after the original TV series. Mm-hmm. So Streamline kind of screwed that up because the ending of what ended up being in their releases, the third one, the Flight 007 Conspiracy, 007, uh, that the the ending of that one I recall as a real downer. I had not seen this in a really long time, but it really holds up. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a thrill minute with Kay and Yuri uh, and uh, Carson D. Carson. It finally gives them uh, their own semi-worthy Han Solo-ish character, and mm-hmm. the sheer apocalyptic uh, uh, character of the. Uh, uh, of the finale, uh, I can't recall a jauntier end of the world, uh, you know, anywhere else from that side of Fight Club. Um, th- th- this was, uh, uh, I mean, there are definitely some elements that you know possibly have dated or don't play now the way that they did at the time. Uh, is a good kid. You know, she 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 knows she knows what's up. She knows the score. That being said, uh, this this was an absolute joy to revisit. 
And uh, who was your uh, lovely angel? I'm a K man. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed this as well. I thought the animation was lovely and everything. Um, I absolutely hated Carson D. Carson. Um, hmm. I was not a fan of him, and uh, I was kind of bothered by the love story where um, his negging got Kay to realize that maybe she's just had a rough time with love, and he might be the man to tame her. Not a fan of that. <laughs> I, uh, and I. Well, was, the, the, there's an important point to note here in that Carson D. Carson never shows up again I, anywhere. I get that. Just like in James Bond, James Bond attaches to particular women in those films, and then they're never seen again. I, I guess So, that, very it, similarly, the lovely angels may show some sort of affection for a male character in the films, and then they're never seen again. Oh, he's distinctly disposable, but I, I didn't find I didn't find him that disagreeable. Mostly as a comic presence. I, I'll just I'll just say that because of that, I feel like it gave Yuri kind of a backseat where most of uh, her plot felt relegated to running around in an alien costume. She was the Ajax of this thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to answer the question, uh, I, I choose both because uh, why, why just limit yourself to one? Um, to share. I'm not certain those two girls would share a man. I have, I have the, my ways. Wagner, how, how about you? What is your, uh, <laughs> what is your assessment here? Obviously, um, the uh, and I, I, I don't mean to be a dick about any of that, but so this being pretty much the first anime I watched as an anime I knew was anime set the bar incredibly high and I sat down to hunt down every dirty pair piece of media I could find following that um, finding out subsequently that they are completely different from one another you speak about the Adam Warren the Adam Warren uh, versions of these characters even within Adam Warren's treatment there's at least five different versions of Kai and Yuri. My personal favorite would probably be in the miniseries Sim Hell, if any of you remember that one. I do. Um, yeah, that was probably the pinnacle of his work. He moved towards something that was a little closer to Dirty Pair Flash in the later iterations, was in its own effect pretty funny and amusing and interesting, but also kind of creepy because it has the effect of de-aging them. I'm a little curious, How? what age do you think Kai and Yuri are in this film? Over 18. Over 18? I, 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 <laughs> I give, given their, uh, their capabilities and their training, because they are still skilled in multiple forms of combat and, and espionage and so forth, I would say at least early 20s because it's also the hyper future so you could put in training however it's anime so they could be 14 i i, I always took them as being a little bit uh more more mature than i think you guys are guessing i took them to be uh mid to late 20s uh I, off the top of my head i would go with 28 i'm actually in that same camp and largely based on their version in this film i always took them to be mid to late 20s um you watch some of the other media that they're in and it trended with the anime trends of the time and they got younger and younger it's almost a doctor who effect but they end up by the time you flash they seem to be somewhere between 14 and 16 
which to me is just fucking creepy. But their association as a kind of James Bond equivalent always put them into mid to late 20s um, range, you know, verging on 30s. Um, as far as which one Kai, likely because of the focus of this film on her. Um, and I always felt that it was really interesting because she was much more of a complete character than you'll find with anime girls. She is extremely tough, she is extremely capable, but she also has a very human fallibility about her. As much as she's, you know, as much as both of them are extremely competent, they do screw up. And they are joking with one another on occasion. There's none of the the constant unremitting badass that you get from a lot of the more, for lack of a better term, macho female anime characters in more recent series. At the same time, without being any of the shy, demure characters. I always preferred Kai over Yuri because I took Yuri to be a little more demure. And that's not nearly as appealing to me. But um, even with that stated, I don't see Yuri as particularly shy and retiring. The only thing that, that Yuri loses in this particular movie that she has in others is the bloody card. Does anyone remember that? Oh, Not yeah. offhand. Okay. The bloody card is a little neutron uh, card that she uses in one of the scenes in Affair on Nolandia to uh, slit the throats of about 30 people who are standing in her way. That I have forgotten about. Uh, like I say, yeah. it's, been for, it's been forever since I've seen it. Probably need to go back and see them again. Uh, like I, I think uh, I, I was turned off a little bit by the ending of Flight 007 conspiracy because I can't remember exactly what it was that happened. It was a bummer, and this yeah. and this version just faded to the credits. I get the feeling there was possibly a bit more afterwards, uh, at least in the original Japanese credits. But no, they're they're kind of always have been, or at least always have been sold as an an unusual, not to say unprecedented, uh, mix of you know strong female lead with definitely an absolute a sidecar fan service to it all. Just you know because they are you know foxy as hell. Uh, yeah. I, I I do still find the random bath that they took in the abandoned plant uh, in, in the middle of this movie one of the more almost lampshaded uh, bits of gratuitous fan service that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. To the point where they even lampshade it themselves. It's like, you realize this could be water used for, ba- for charging batteries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I won't deny that my sophomore self in high school was not uh, paying particular attention to that scene. And while it technically has no nudity in it, I have forgotten exactly how much time both Kai and Yuri spent dressed basically in towel in the middle of this film. Well, well, credit where credit is due. There is uh, one pretty much nude girl right at the end that's a couple that gets interrupted, uh, uh, coitus yeah. interruptus, uh, by uh, the entire planet's uh, supply of, uh, of uh, fuel exploding into tentacular monsters. Exactly. Did everybody notice that the uh, second iteration of monsters appears to be based off of the aliens from the original War of the Worlds movie? No. Interesting. Good they, catch. Good yeah, they catch. Got kind of blocky body 
bodies, but the tri eyes stick in the body is the giveaway, and I'm not sure I made that connection until this most recent. Good catch. Well, I gotta say, uh, good choice and uh, excellent addition. Um, Lord knows the Dirty Pair is certainly up there in the pantheon of uh, waifus in general. Oh, that was implicit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't worry, our final, yeah, I mean, our final probably, selection is yep. <laughs> it's up there. Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say the yeah. final selection is up there. Go ahead, Wagner. Oh, I was just gonna say they're kind of they're kind of enshrined there in the classic animes. Um, just because of when they came out, and I, I continue to hold that this is probably the best goddamn thing that came out of the 80s anime. Um, you could argue Giant Robo, but you have to remember it only looked like it came out in the 80s. That was actually a 90s anime, but, uh... I, I, I'm going to see, I, I, I'm going to see you with a Project Echo on that one. I mean, I also, never... also, Akira is technically a 1988 release. Yeah, I was never as taken with Project Aiko as most of anime fandom was, and I actually hold this in greater esteem than Akira, but I may just be blinded. You never forget your first, Matt. That's that's yeah. the thing. It was your first. Bingo. <laughs> exactly. And that is that is what this month is dedicated to. And on that note, uh, any final thoughts on uh, Dirty Pair Wagner? Cool. Um, if if you have the opportunity, go and dig up some of the older Dirty Pair comics by Adam Warren. They, they at one point they did actually restore my faith in anime, which is ironic in many uh, respects. But uh, they were genuinely very good, very well illustrated, and goddamn funny. Well, on that note, remember to like, share, and subscribe to Bastards of the Universe. You can find us on Facebook as Bastards of the Universe and on Twitter at Bastard House. And of course, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bastards of the universe, all one word. We're slowly making our way to the goal. We're almost there. We just need your help to do continue the wave. And uh, thanks to everyone who's been contributing. It's good to see all this additional support and all the additional trailers that's being thrown our way. Uh, we're we're going to try and get to them all. We will. And uh, well, to continue on that note, uh, remember to like, share, and subscribe, friends of the podcast, Drew. Ruben Stevens, Cooper Salad. And uh, Vesner. Uh, what's on the pile? Yes, indeed. And on that note, I'm your Captain Ty over at the helm. JD. Over in uh, engineering. Vesner. Communications. Drew. Science. Jenner. Bruce and Bad, but still grit. And over in maintenance. It's Wagner and Ty forever. Absolutely. <laughs> More bastardization next week. Have a good night.